Hello and welcome to Faking Wits, a book club podcast in which I sit down with some very good friends and we talk about the book that we have read. My name's Chin C and no matter where you are, whoever you are, I want you to stay safe, stay alive, no matter what, I will find you. the show everybody um very frightening times that we're living through right now um faking lit is in the middle of a lockdown i have managed to barricade myself within the faking lit studios located conveniently in the basement on top of my house um and i'm not letting anybody in nobody is getting in nobody is getting out Except for these two people with me today who have chosen to live with me until this whole coronavirus thing blows over and together we will repopulate the human race. And who am I repopulating the human race with? Oh, hello. Uh, it's me, Haran X, and I like books so much that whenever I lecture millennials, I end each sentence with B.O. So when they reply, OK, Boomer, it sounds in the grand cosmic sense that it's been said, B.O. OK, Boomer. Book Boomer. I'm beginning to regret my choice of survivor for the post-coronavirus world. Thanks for that, Aaron. Okay. How have you been? Yeah, I've been all right. I've been yeah. lecturing millennials quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> using acronyms. Huh? <laughs> lecturing using acronyms and abbreviations. Yeah, yeah. How's it been going? Has it worked? Yeah, it's been really pretty like, stop eating avocado, Carla Toast, B.O. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> so, like, do they are they confused? Do they understand what's going on, or do they immediately fall, have follow-up questions? No, they, they always respond, "Okay, boomer," and then and then God goes, "Oh, B O OK, boomer, book boomer." Yes, so God says that. <laughs> no, like they only say "Okay, boomer." Yeah. I only say "B O," but God has got this kind of gestalt yeah. overview of things. Yeah, here's B O OK, boomer. Okay, boomer. <laughs> See, uh, we've got some rapport going on there. We've got some rapport going on there. Thanks for joining us on this show. And thanks for being part of my little like um, survivor mm. cult that I've got going on here. Are you worried about coronavirus? How worried are you on a scale of one to ten? Um, I'm about a seven. I'm just more worried about you've sort of populated this quarantine with mm-hmm, three mm-hmm. males. Mm-hmm. How are you planning to sort of repopulate? the world i was hoping we would do it using like you know we do it like the way mushrooms do it like through spores oh okay (laughs) i mean you know like i i i've been working on some my sporing technique um and i i'll show you later what i've come up with is that why you've been hoarding all that toilet paper and i can't buy any 
in Tesco's. Well, no, that's something else. Okay. No, 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 no. I, 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 I use that. I'm, I like doing Pepe Mache with toilet paper. Okay. It's fine. Um, thank you very much for joining uh, me on the show today, Haran. Always a pleasure to have you here. Who else has joined me in this bid to repopulate planet Earth post-coronavirus? Hello. It's great to be here on Faking Lit, a book club podcast in which some very good friends sit down and talk about a book that they have read. My name is Jinji, and I ain't scared of you book lovers. Books, 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 books. Books, 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 Sorry, I should have mentioned this um before, Haran. Um, that whole like sporing thing. Meet one of my spores. He's like a incomplete clone of me. Um, I, I, you know, he's. He looks like me, obviously, and he sounds like me, and he's got like. Uh, I read that you're an overcomplete clone of me. That's true. That's very true. I mean, who's the clone really? You're the clone. No, trick question. You're clearly the clone. Like, honestly, I mean, Harry, you can tell the difference, can't you? Um, what would your clone say if I if he called you gay? Wait, who are you addressing that to? I don't understand. Your, your uh, eyes are going in two different directions. I, mean, I couldn't I, tell who you, you were look addressing identical. that to. I don't really know. That's not a racist slur, I think, just because <laughs> you're clones. Sorry. Uh, um, okay. Oh, that's thank you for forgetting my eccentric hat. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty eccentric hat. Where do you get that from? <laughs> I won't have you try and disguise yourself as me further, Chin. Okay, all right. Jin G, if that is your real name. It is, actually, isn't it? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm here with um, Haran X, a very good friend, and my incomplete clone, Jinji, to discuss a book with you. Uh, obviously, as I said before, at the top of the show, a lot of people out there probably a little bit concerned about coronavirus. We take it very seriously here at Faking Lit, um, taking no chances of what's happening. And I hope that as you listen to this podcast, we can give you some sort of like comfort and solace and perhaps distract you from the fear and the paranoia and the sensationalism of um, the coronavirus coverage. And that's why I decided to do The Plague by Albert Camus for this week's book. Um, now, Albert Camus, possibly the world's most famous goalkeeper. Um, I can't think of anything, any other goalkeepers who... What uh, about Pope John Paul II? Okay, I guess he's pretty famous, um, but it's not as symbolic, is it? Like, Pope John Paul the II? The Pope is quite symbolic. I don't know. He never struck me as being that symbolic, especially when they say, oh, the Pope is a goalkeeper. That doesn't have any significance to me. Whereas a French existentialist writer being a goalkeeper makes me wonder, what does that mean? You know? Uh, oh, so... You don't know what the symbolism is. You just assume there is some. Well, it would help if I understood what football is. But um, um, I've been told that um, sports metaphors do very well with people who understand the game. And as a result, I thought I'd lead with a sports metaphor, which I, I failed to understand. Well, I think you better take a time out with that metaphor. Okay. All right. What, is, um, what does that mean? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't watch sport either. Well, that's the thing. I don't know why we decided to go so out of our own wheelhouse in this episode so soon. Yeah. Um, look, okay, forget the sport talk. Let's leave that to one side. But one thing I do know about Albert Camus um, was that he was uh, the father of uh, what they would say is existentialism. Um, or not the father, but a big proponent of the existentialist movement. The um, uncle, I would say. The uncle. 
Maybe, yeah. Sartre yeah. said that existence precedes essence, which is the core of existentialism. Camus rejected the label and called himself a pagan. <laughs> I mean, I, that's... I mean, that sounds like the sort of thing an uncle would say, um, really. Just trying to be cool and reject himself. He was, from he the... was the, coolest, the coolest existentialist by far, Albert Camus. That's true. That's true. He, I, he was a goalkeeper, and that's pretty cool. Uh, but um, what's No. He... In professional sports, as in the playground, the goalkeeper is the person who is picked last for the team. Mm. Okay. All right. Jin Ji seems like an expert <laughs> in sports. I don't know how... How did you become an expert of sports if you're my clone? Just being a kind of rough-and-tumble guy that everyone gets along with. Well, that sounds... It, it kind of checks out. kind of checks out. That is kind of what I'm about. Well, I wonder, he's your identical clone, yet mm-hmm. he's got this kind of radio DJ American voice. <laughs> well, how has that happened? Like, really... What are you talking about? I've got an American radio DJ voice. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is how I... That's how we speak. Okay, fair enough. See? Look, I'm Chin Si. Faking lit. Hey. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Did you, know? you like my impression of Chin I just did? <laughs> See, like, that was me again. Oh, really? See? Like, you, I'm, I don't mean to get confusing here, but, like, um, you know, it's just we're just having a bit of fun throwing okay. my voices, and sometimes I'll speak like him, and he'll speak like me, but it doesn't make sense because we sound exactly alike, anyway. So it's just a crazy, crazy thing. Uh, what, what do you understand by the term existentialism, Haran? Uh, well, I think it's more absurdism, isn't it? Right? Like, I think that's the. Like, I mean, have you ever seen a, a baboon riding a tricycle? I haven't. Oh, well, I mean, that's. I think that's what Camus is trying to get at. Like, that kind of ab- absurdist. A, a, a baboon riding a tricycle. Yeah. Hmm. Where would Camus stand on an orangutan eating out Clint Eastwood? Uh, no, I, I, th- I think he, he he would say that's. That's not absurdist, right? Because you're that's kind of meaningful. That's, that's right. He's yeah. right. It's not absurd. It's kind of sexy. <laughs> kind of hot. That's I mean, that's my personal take on it anyway. Mm. But um, um, look, the, okay, absurd is the absence of meaning. That's what um 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 absurdism uh, and existentialism tries yeah, to impart so, to but us. I, but I would kind of um disagree, respectfully disagree with Jinji there. Like he was saying, um or was it yourself? I can't remember. You kind of, it's like Sister Sister, the, the sitcom on Yeah, no I Disney. <laughs> that, that that sister sister like sitcom was pretty good. Yeah. 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 My uh, favourite show the channel as a child was the channel Trouble that showed the teen sitcoms of the day. <laughs> hey, that was my favourite channel as well back in the day. <laughs> You've always been copying me, Chin. Oh, See, this is the thing, right? I, I'm suddenly realising things about myself when I view them from an outside perspective. You're as bad as my sister. <laughs> oh, Tequila God. Flora. Okay, that's not the name of my sister, okay? Right? That's definitely not the name of my sister. Uh, uh, my sister is called uh, May, um, and only the true chin would know that. Check and mate, <laughs> Jinji. Um, my point is not that I'm the true chin. <laughs> My point is that I'm a kind of more, uh, less niche, more friendly uh, book fan that many people might prefer. In other words, a sellout. That's what we call a sellout. I, I, I don't. How I did don't... the gig go? We sold out. Sounds like good news to me. Okay, touche, touche. But that's not. I, I don't measure my success in actual success. Like I measure it more in terms of like uh, how I feel after I've done the thing that I've done. And in this case, 
I, I feel pretty proud of myself. This podcast. God knows I don't do this podcast to make anybody else like feel good. Uh, that's just for me, really. You generate meaning and then you project it onto the world. No, I don't think I do that. No, no, no. I think I, I think I like to uh, talk about books um, and talk over people as they try to talk about books, and that's that. I don't I think there's anything to more. Bring us back to the absurdism, <laughs> <laughs> I, and I reject it. <laughs> I reject it. Um, but no, you're right. You're right. We we're getting off topic. We're getting mm. we we haven't really talked about the book yet. Um, the plague, Albert Camus. What is the absurd nature of this book? If we're talking about absurdism, what is the most absurd m- points in the plague? Absurdism is because Camus is often considered to be the great writer of the concept of the absurd, if not its progenitor. But he never really bothers to describe it properly in any of his writings. He just, for example, in the myth of Sisyphus, he just says, you'll be walking along and catch a reflection, and then you'll go, how absurd! Or you'll be tying your shoe and then realize, well, this is absurd. <laughs> or you'll be fight fleeing from the Nazis and you go, well, how absurd of me. Ah, I, it would be like if Stephen King wrote, then there was a sca- there was a clown in the sewer. How scary. How scary that's, that was. That's kind of what H.P. Lovecraft did. If you read his books, it'll say, like, and then I saw something of such incredible horror that I was horrified <laughs> to my very co- core. H.P. Lovecraft. I'll call it weird fiction, so no one knows. Uh, oh, and then th- then there was like something I can't quite describe, except I will say how scary. <laughs> um. Okay. Like we we are. Have it- you read H.P. Lovecraft's uh, Marriage Vows? <laughs> no, I haven't. I didn't. I wasn't aware that he was uh, a married man. Well, it was kept very hush hush because of his anti-Semitism. <laughs> But I believe he said it was the lines, if I'm quoting correctly. I don't know what our future will bring. And that fills me with a sense of dread that I cannot explain. <laughs> Perhaps you will have the silhouette of a raven crossed with a baboon. Perhaps, and so on. It was a very long ceremony. <laughs> didn't say the words, I do. <laughs> just just carried on. And also, It why, was implied. Why did they have to keep it hush-hush because of his anti-Semitism? Anti-Semitism, I think, is bad. Okay. But, like, so you kept it hush-hush then. Is that, um... (laughs) You made the call to say, like, no, we're not going to tell anybody about this wedding, HP, because you don't like Jewish people. Therefore, this marriage can never be made public. And HP Lovecraft agreed. I mean, we've had HP Lovecraft in the show before, Mm. so, like, he's never mentioned this. Uh... But then I didn't he ask never him. mentioned his wedding day on this book club podcast. <laughs> no, he didn't. What a didn't. strange series of behaviors. I, I mean, so strange. He it didn't fills me with horror I cannot describe. <laughs> he went into a lot of detail about his age mm. and the food that he liked to eat, but <laughs> not the fact that he was married. So I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Um, okay. Um, so we uh, agreed that um, Camus wrote The Plague and he... Oh, yeah, we agreed on the author. Well done. <laughs> well, I'm thinking Jinji would have done a bit more profound job of this podcast. Thanks, Aaron. Good to have you on side. <laughs> this is a tough job, okay, Aaron. I mean, like, you've hosted before. You know what I'm up against here, right? Yeah, okay. Like, I, I'm just saying that, like, it, it's... It, this is... The job of the Faking Lit podcast is an interminable uh, f- attempt to 
make sense of stuff that is quite meaningless and it's difficult it's really sure. difficult um there might not be any justification for this thing that i'm doing and yet i persevere regardless well, shouldn't you just commit suicide really if it's so meaningless i never thought about that before you know okay i did think about it once when they stopped doing um car pavements at, um uh yamas <laughs> on the road but um dan beat me to it um but now they've got car pavements and there's a rule only one suicide per reason <laughs> One reason, one reason. And yeah, and it was like, oh, now you just look like you just copied him. And I don't really want that. I don't well, Jin, really... you do have a reputation of being a bit of a copier. Oh, <laughs> that, I mean, come on. I walked into that one, really. Yeah. I did, I did. Um, no, I, I, it's, it's, um, the point is, not necessarily, it makes sense like that maybe <laughs> the podcast isn't doing well. And like you said, maybe I should kill myself, but I don't. Because that's not what life's about. Okay. Something that um, Albert Camus actually would have agreed with, I think. Life's not about killing yourself. No, life is not about killing yourself. From one of the most accomplished philosophers <laughs> of the 20th century. <laughs> the purpose of life is not to immediately end it. Unless you're, unless you're an Arab. In which case, you can just shoot them and not feel any uh, culpability. Yeah, yeah. But only after your mother's died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your mother dies, so what do you do? shoot an Arab like look that sounds really bad when I say it out loud like that but remember Albert Camus wrote that not that's not me that does not reflect the personal views of Faking Lit Faking Lit does not believe that if you're if somebody who you love and is close to you dies you shouldn't immediately take it out on the nearest minority mm. just take a bit of the time to gather your thoughts uh, have a funeral maybe um, buy some flowers and watch some TV don't shoot a minority that's just senseless. Absolutely senseless. What Chin's clumsily trying to convey <laughs> is the plot of Cam's <laughs> previous work, The Outsider, often translated as The Stranger, in which our main character shoots an Arab on the beach and feels no remorse. The sun was glinting in his eyes at the time, which means it may have been accidental. It's said that writers either live in their head or live in the world. Which do we think Albert Camus was? Mm, that's a good point. Mm. I wasn't actually talking about that book, but I was talking about the Cure song, um, Killing an Arab, um, which is very on point, um, very similar to what you described, though. Um, except it's got Robert Smith sort of going <laughs> over it, so it's better. Um, but look, it's funny that you call, you brought up the original title of uh, The Outsider, L'Etranger, because the original title of The Plague in French was La Peste. Which, as you know, became a movie starring John Leguizamo, uh, or starring, and and he stars as a very annoying uh, master of disguise who's being hunted for sport. And I would recommend that um, to everybody out there. If you're listening to this podcast, you want to see a great adaptation of the plague. Check out The Pest, starring John Leguizamo. Well worth it. Um, Haran and Jin Ji are looking at me with like puzzled expressions because. They've never seen that movie. <laughs> but trust me, if you've seen that movie, hilarious. Hilarious No, reference. but I, I'm more taken aback by you seem to think La Peste, which is, is the French literal translation of The Plague, has been translated as The Plague. As, as, as The Pest, yeah. <laughs> well, that's an artistic choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, in Deutschland, yeah, they called it, instead of my book, Germany, they're going to call it Deutschland in in German. In German, yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. Well, mental. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, I'm just saying, like sometimes there's too much subtext that you're like. Okay. Sometimes you just want like the just what's wrong with the actual words themselves, you know? What do they call the tin drum in German? 
I'm not sure. Um, isn't it just called uh, Das Drumtin? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Um, in any case, uh, Albert Camus' The Plague. Um, let's get to brass tacks. Let's try and delve into this story of, well, a plague. In many ways, the plague could be described as being a character in itself, really. Several characters. Yeah, but I'm talking about like the, the character of um, Ian Plague, who like <laughs> comes to town and like is, is, he's no good. He's no good mm. at all. Starts messing with people. If you've seen the adaptation, a recent one of Camus' The Plague, it begins with Ian Plague arriving. Mm-hmm. He's on a hilltop. There on his briefcase, we see the gold embossed letters, I Plague. Then... Opens the briefcase and all the plague comes out and it makes an eye a dog's eyes go yellow. Oh yeah, no, that's um that was an adaptation um which took some events that never happened in the book and just completely extrapolated. Uh, you know they did that in Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> what did they do in Jojo Rabbit? In the book of Jojo Rabbit, Hitler is not a character at all. What? Well, that seems like a huge liberty with the text then. Yes. Wait, wait, so, so, is Jojo Rabbit actually in the book as well? Or is that another... He's not made- called Jojo, or Jojo Rabbit. He's called Joseph, mm-hmm. and he... The bit about the girl is the same. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he does not have Hitler as an imaginary friend. And, and he is quite gone. cruel. Oh, okay. So they've... So they've essentially just taken... Well, Taika Waititi has essentially, like, adapted a whole... And made a whole, completely new story. Um, using, uh... The framework of an imaginary Hitler uh, to make it a bit more quirky. Yes. Have you heard his? The, seen the trailer for his upcoming movie? His adaptation of Primo Levi's "Is This a Man," <laughs> <laughs> in which Primo Levi is w- visited by a jive-talking dragon. I meant wisecracking. Edit out jive-talking. <laughs> jive-talking. Um, I mean, voiced by Eddie Murphy, by any chance? It's not voiced by Eddie Murphy, but Eddie Murphy does wear a suit oh. to play the dragon and all the guards. Wait, wait, let me just see the trailer. Wait, IMDb. IMDb lists that... Yeah, he's playing all the roles. He's playing Primo Levi. He's playing the dragon. He's playing all the guards. Klaus. Klaus, yeah. He's playing, like, Superman for some reason. He's in this movie now. He plays uh, the Greek, who only usually appears in the sequel to If This Is A Man. <laughs> Not to be confused with the character from The Wire. Oh, yes. Oh, I thought yeah, that was yeah. the same guy. I thought that was the same guy. Um, thanks for clearing up that confusion, though. because Anything I can do to help my podcast buddies is always a great thing. Here I... on Faking Lit <laughs> with Gingy. Okay, okay, okay. Let's calm down, calm down. Take it down a notch. I, I don't, the last thing I need is another person trying to take over this podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa there, Buster. I'm not trying to ruffle anyone's feathers. I'm just here to... Plume them up a bit. <laughs> okay, he's a pretty amiable guy, this, yeah, is, this, yeah. this gingy fellow. Um, thank you for that. Uh, okay, all right. Um, what would you say? I mean, he's this is a highly allegorical book. I love a good allegory myself. Mm. Um, I love decoding allegories uh, to get under their skin. What would you yeah. say, with, with a mind to the setting of this book, the time setting, uh, and when Camus was writing it, what would you say is the clearest allegory of this plague which decimates a town and causes all sorts of extreme behavior from various people who are trying to f- elucidate some sort of meaning to why this terrible thing is happening? 
Well, I know the answer you're expecting, Jin, right? And you want me to say it's the Nazis, right? But I just think this is some sort of literary Godwin's law. Like, oh, oh, it's the Nazis. Everything is not. Oh, the replicants in Blade Runner. Oh, it's the Nazis. Yeah. Oh, um, the cats in Arch Spiegelman's mouse. Oh, it must be the yeah, Nazis. Yeah. No, bullshit, right? Yeah. You just Hitler and Jojo Rabbit. Exactly. Oh, it's the Nazis. Exactly. Yeah, I think yeah, it's just yeah. part of your just this woke progressive movement that just. Everything is the Nazis, basically. That sounds a bit harsh. I mean, it sounds to me that, okay, if they're not the Nazis, what are they representative of? The plague, that is. Pardon? The plague. So, the the, the mice, the mice in mouse, did you say? Yeah. It's just about cats and mice. Why do you have to read into all this Nazi shit? About? Have you ever seen Tom and Jerry's about, is that, is that the Gestapo going over? <laughs> I don't know. It's a, Oh, he raises a good point. I never actually Surely saw the it. mouse. He's a Nazi. <laughs> the Jerry. Ma- Jerry's <laughs> the Nazi. No, but they're both culpable. <laughs> that sounds really bad. <laughs> fine, fine people on both sides, says Aaron X. A lot of fine people in on both sides of the Tom and Jerry debacle. Okay. Do you remember the Gestapo plot to kill a prominent member of the resistance? They gave him a lovely hot dog, but right at the last minute, they removed the, the frankfurter and put in a stick of dynamite. <laughs> now, I remember the um, the plot to kill the uh, Gestapo, which took place at a uh, piano concert for some reason. And they hid inside the piano and like um, just distracted and just ruined the piano player's mm. like performance, which caused him to die. Um, that was the plan anyway. Um, but look, okay, look. Leaving aside all those... Examples, transparently clear examples of Nazism in fiction and literature. If the plague, well, first of all, who is meant to be the Nazis? You said to me, I'm expecting an answer, right? And you immediately ran to the Nazis. If that's the case, who's supposed to be the Nazis then? I wasn't even going there. I'm trying to think of like who would be the best parallel to the Nazis in this plague book. Um, the, the, The plague itself, the... The what vi- the virus? What are you talking about? That would be the the Nazis. Right? Oh come on! Really? <laughs> Who do you think? Well, okay, I'm gonna go through a list of the characters now. Um, we got. Are we playing? Is this a Nazi? <laughs> I think we. I think we are. I think we're playing. Is this a Nazi? Okay. Wait, have you new- seen that show Hunters on Amazon? <laughs> oh, I haven't. I haven't. No, no. Is it any good? Uh, no, but do watch. <laughs> There's a fantastic bit. Well, there's an all-American guy who seems quite normal and quite loved at the barbecue. Mm-hmm. He is recognized by a yeah, by a, a young woman who points at him and says, The butcher! The butcher! And he's like, whoa, whoa, calm down there. But then he's revealed as a Nazi. And you know that because his voice changes. <laughs> he, he, he goes like, whoa, whoa, everything's fine here. Hey, the little lady. Trust the jewel to have thought of only itself. <laughs> Because the show exists in a universe where, even if you've learned another language, to the point where you can speak it as a native, it is still much easier for you to speak in a German <laughs> it's, it's And he has a gun under the barbecue. <laughs> it's, well, of course, never leave home without it. It's been he decades. He couldn't chill at the barbecue without <laughs> keeping a gun under the barbecue. That... I think that truly proves that he is an American, though. Ultimately, mm. like you got to have if you've got a barbecue gun set, that means that's pretty American to me. Uh, case closed. Um, that's all I need to see. Uh, that really reminds me of uh, 
<laughs> I, uh... You're saying if you were a judge in that trial, even after he shoots up the barbecue and speaks in a monologuing German villainous voice, you, you would say, let this man go free. I would say, I would say the German accent, pretty damning, but the mass shooting, um, pretty American. Um mm. Uh, the Nazis killed why. a lot of people as, as well. They they did they did, but it was like that. That's not the methods they employed. I mean, you're saying like you know that method employed a mass shooting, pretty American. If he was having a barbecue, eating a burger, and shooting loads of people, I'm like, that's an American to me. I I, I don't see any. Uh, I, I I mean, what would you say? I mean, isn't that American? That's pretty American. Well, this series takes place before the existence of modern guerrilla tactics. So the Nazis in the 1930s used massive amounts of force and drugs to get their way. After the invention of guerrilla tactics in the later 20th century, mass shootings might have been more of their thing. For example, look at all those neo-Nazis that do mass shootings. Wow. Jinji knows a lot about guerrilla tactics <laughs> and Nazis. Yes. I didn't realise that. You know, more, you know more about orangutan tactics. No, that's right? true. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the three things that Jinji knows quite a lot about. Um, Nazis, guerrilla tactics, and sports. <laughs> I just feel like... The deadly triad of... on the <laughs> yeah, Reddit it's... forward slash. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a Nazi. I'm not no, yeah. a subreddit. Is this a Nazi? <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, oh, sorry, we were getting distracted, weren't we? We were about we're to play a round of... Uh, Nazi is this a Nazi? Nazi? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is this Nazi or Nazi? <laughs> anyway, um, let me let me see the uh, possible suspects of who could possibly be a Nazi in this book. So, of um, course, the book ends with Albert Camus directing, speaking directly to his characters, saying, "I'm sure you all wonder why I've gathered you here today. <laughs> One of you is a Nazi." Okay, okay, we're gonna figure out who the Nazi is amongst the major characters of this book. First off is, um, I guess you describe him as the closest thing to a, a hero, the main protagonist of the book, uh, Dr. Bernard Rieu, who is described as a man about age 35, moderate height, dark skin, already dark hair. Okay. I thought you were going to say dark he's described skin. as a man about town. <laughs> Close cropped black hair. Okay, that's already the black hair. Bit of a uh, Nazi sign there. Wait. What was that physical description again? Uh, moderate height, dark-skinned, with close-cropped black hair. That is a description of Albert Camus. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's put Camus on the possible Nazi <laughs> side, then, because that, that a sounds A man about like... 30, with close-cropped back black hair, mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. biggest dick you've ever seen <laughs> walked into the room. Yep. <laughs> Where he tried to stop me from scoring some goals, uh... And I had to explain to him I don't know what that means because I don't get sports. But okay, already my Nazi senses are kind of tingling. It says here that he has a wife who's been ill for a year. Again, another check in the box of possibly a Nazi. What? Uh, a lot of Nazis had wives. <laughs> um, and he uh, takes the role of, obviously he's a doctor. He's treating a lot of the victims of the plague. Um, he represents... Uh, the side of the novel which rep- uh, which acknowledges that his task may well be a thankless and pointless one. Um, all the people he's trying to cure are going to die anyway. His is his lot is to essentially try to fight death, which, as we know, is impossible. Um, he has no high-minded appeals to a moral sense of duty. He doesn't believe in God, 
but he does feel for the victims. Um, and he feels that despite the senselessness and pointlessness of what he's doing, he has to do it anyway. Now, that is um, two points, three points for possibly a Nazi. That whole bit about pointlessness, though, that's not very Nazi-esque. I mean, like... I- they were very driven. Incredibly mm. so. So I'm going to say, I'm going to leave it to you. Bernard Rieu, Nazi or Nazi? Nazi. I concur, Nazi, yeah. Okay, um, okay, fine. I'll go with that. Let's move on to the next person. Oh, no. We should have just said he was a Nazi, then we could have knocked off early. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting to the bottom of this, okay? Jean Taru. Jean Taru is a criminal uh, who actually does pretty well out of the plague, uh, selling black market goods that he's smuggled in. He begins the book... Uh, being introduced to us after a failed suicide attempt. Um, and despite this low point in his life, he ascends to a position of authority and power within the town of Oran um, until the plague starts abating in which uh, and he starts finding government officials chasing him, trying to track down, like, Ooh, where do you get all this money from? Um, he ends the book having gone a little bit crazy and shooting at people out from his window and kills a dog at one point. Um, that's pretty Nazi-ish. Hitler me. killed a dog. He did. He killed his own dog, didn't he? You, you said that as if that was the worst thing about <laughs> Hitler. You can't even trust him with his own dog. <laughs> let alone a nation. No, but I think, that's, I think that speaks to this kind of modern day... You know people who kind of post like, oh no, like some guy in third world country hit a dog. They should die. Like Ricky Gervais, basically. <laughs> but, Ricky Gervais. Uh, but I'm going to happily stand by other... Yeah, atrocities, basically. But, oh, somebody uh, once spat at a dog. Oh, I think the whole of Mongolia should be put down. On Twitter, basically. Ricky Gervais on Twitter. Do you think a dog would really mind that much if you spat at it? <laughs> I don't think it understands it's an insult. Yeah, no, it's true. The dog might just be, like, a bit damp there now. Um, it's, 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 it's more about, like, um, the disrespect which the dog does not understand, really. And the dog is probably going to be spat on and respond by licking its own genitals. So really, like, he wins. He wins in the end. I've never seen a dog complain that it's lost its dignity. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Um, So Jean Taru, Nazi or Nazi? He seems more like... um... Well, I don't want to break your game, but he (laughs) seems a lot like someone who would profit off a Nazi invasion. Uh, As the black market would flourish in these times. That's true. That's true. So Oscar Schindler, didn't he profit, <laughs> essentially? Like, in terms of, he got more munition sales from taking in people? I was okay. thinking more like uh, Eno Kluger in Every Man Dies Alone. <laughs> ah. Have you read that? No, I, no. Haven't. I haven't. It's very good. Sounds like a laugh riot. There's <laughs> <laughs> one quite funny bit where the the hero, Otto Quango, he meets a, a maestro, a conductor. Mm-hmm. And he said, he doesn't understand what the job is because he's a foreman in a factory. He goes, what? You don't even play any of the instruments yourself? <laughs> the musician replies, well, you know how to do all the hammering, but you, you're the foreman of the factory. You don't do it. And he goes, but that's to make them work faster. Did they play faster when, you, when you're around? That's the funniest bit. Classic <laughs> bit. Classic bit. And then he I'm said, sorry that this Holocaust novel isn't a <laughs> laugh right. So we look, we're looking at Jean Taru, possibly a Nazi. I'd put him 
Well, he's the only one who's sad when the plague leaves town. Like, That's very true. Like, like Bruce Banner, it goes on its <laughs> way from town to town. Ian Plague sticks his thumb out, mm. hitches a ride, looking sadly down the road. Um, okay. So, he's, I say he's more akin to the, the kind of Vichy government in France who kind of sided with the Nazis. So he's perhaps. a collaborator. Yeah. Ah. But also, and I also would say he's the opposite of 50 Cent because 50 Cent released an album called Get Rich mm-hmm. and then... Uh, or Die Tried. Or Die Tried, but he yeah. tried dying and then got rich. <laughs> That's... Yeah, so I think, yeah, him and 50 Cent would have had some beef if they existed now. They would have beef. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, because he's the opposite of him. <laughs> yeah. So that's just how it works. Yeah. So hey, I heard you tried dying, so die trying. That ain't cool, man. Well, I heard that you tried die, die trying rather than try dying. We can't be friends. Yeah. We can't be friends. I mean, have I mean, you not met um, T Chin? T Chin absolutely's got a lot of beef with you. Because he why? Because <laughs> he's the opposite of you. Uh, he's an educator. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Okay. Look, look, I have nothing against this man that I that you've made up. <laughs> Like I, I, I know you. I, I feel like you're trying to stir up some sort of like beef on air with some person who I've never met. Okay, and who, who apparently has the same name as me, but they've just reversed it. Not even very well. I just put the surname first, and then the first name, like after that. Yeah. Wait, how were you hoping he would reverse it? I don't know. Eat, nich. I don't know. That works, right? Yeah. That right. That that guy, you know, that little the man from the other place in Twin Peaks. Yeah. He, he had a lot of beef with a lot of people. <laughs> so this is how beef works. It's like if you are in reverse mirror land, you immediately have a vendetta against everybody who doesn't speak in your backwards language. Essentially, yeah. He doesn't strike me as this type of vindictive sort, though. His words are, let's rock. And that seems like a pretty affable man to me. Oh, fair enough, yeah. But look, I feel like we're getting distracted from our interminable game of Nazi or Nazi. Um, there's still some other characters to go, so I'll go through this very quickly. Um, let's not deliberate let's too much. Let's get this done. Let's get this done. Uh, so, Raymond Rambert, the journalist who tries to run away but changes his mind. Not a Nazi. Nazi. I would say he's a Nazi because he has that kind of embodies that kind of cowardice. He, he wants to just let everybody else. But then he stays. Pardon? Likes to play. <laughs> like yeah, a Nazi yeah. would. <laughs> like a Nazi would. Indecisive. Exactly. Indecisive. Make up your mind. Make up your mind. Indecisive Nazis. Famous for their, well, it'll do for now solution. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. A thousand years? Well, we'll see. <laughs> um, how about... Uh, oh, Okay. This is one of my favorite characters in the book, actually. Father Panelux, the priest who believes that everything happens for a reason, and that reason being God. Well, he sounds like the kind of person who would have like this live, laugh, love kind of post. Like, oh, everything happens for a reason. What, what a fucking moron, really. I, so, hate, I hate those people, sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, okay. I like him. I like this character a lot because he, he, uh, he has an arc. Yeah. Um, he begins the uh, book as a priest. <gasps> And then the Nazis have an arc in Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Nazi, I say. I was very disappointed that the Ark of the Covenant was not the Ark which uh, Noah used to keep all those animals in. Uh, 
I mean, that would have been a better movie if it had been like um, Raiders of like Noah's Ark, uh, personally. Um, <laughs> and uh, Indiana Jones has to like find the boat. Um, and at the end of the movie, he just says, yep, that's a boat. <laughs> you very rarely see Indiana Jones on boats. There's one bit where he's getting beaten up. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah, no, that's true. That's mm. true. He goes on the submarine. And he's on a boat in the first movie, but it's not Noah's. It's made abundantly clear that is not Noah's Ark. Um, I'm just saying that, like, there's a lot of words out there, um, and the word Ark has been used to describe a boat and a box with ghosts in it. I don't know why, the, what the connection is, except God. Do you see you see the Ark of the Covenant as being that like that red box in Ghostbusters that keeps all the ghosts in? Yeah, isn't that what it is? And then like when they like open up the box, all the ghosts come out and melt all the Nazis. Unless you close your eyes. Unless you close your eyes, yeah, yeah, because um, um, because the ghosts are very private. Right? They don't like being locked out. Because you can't look upon God directly. You mi- misunderstood the point God's of Because God's shy. Because God's shy. God doesn't like. I mean, that's why we never see God. God is very shy. Notoriously, like you had him on this podcast. Yeah, I and, heard him. And coming through the ceiling, he had that big black bar over his eyes, <laughs> and his like face was pixelated just for good measure as well. He's when, very I, when I was a young boy, my mum told me never to stare directly into God. But then I did. And what happened? Um, kind of mathematical genius. <laughs> okay. Back tracks, I guess. Yeah, back tracks. That's um. That's so like you stared into God, became a math genius. Yeah. And now you're doing this. <laughs> that's an arc. That's an arc. I don't care what anybody says. That's a journey I've been on. Um, Father Panelux, Nazi or Nazi? Nazi. Yeah, Nazi. Because oh, everything happened for a reason. Or, oh, well, you know, Treaty of Versailles reparations, therefore I'm going to kill a load of people. That's the reason. Oh, yeah. Of, <laughs> it just justifies everything, doesn't it? So. Bit of a reach, but yes, that's, <laughs> that's good enough for me. Thank you for playing Nazi or Nazi. Um, so we're agreed then. The Nazi here is Father Panelux, um, the man who uh, tries to justify this horrible thing happening in the village of Oran. What, sorry, town of Oran, um, by saying, this is all God's plan. I noticed that most of the people, the characters in this book, um, can be uh, separated into four distinct sort of groups. There's Bernard Rieu, who sees everything as, this is just happening. It's meaningless. Groups of one. Yes, groups of one. (laughs) Groups of one. Four different strands of thought. Four different strands of thought represented by four different characters. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, my maths. (laughs) I didn't stare into God, and that's why me no good at maths. Uh, I deliberately... Why is your grammar terrible over there? I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) What mean? What? what? No understand. I don't... Me no no not know. Uh, Me brain bad. Uh, But as I was saying, um, four different groups... uh, First, represented by Bernard Rieu. Well, four different, <laughs> four different groups of one, yes. Um, and Bernard Rieu uh, represents, I would say, the more ex- existentialist, absurdist uh, m- mindset of a man who doesn't see any rhyme or reason as to why this is happening. Um, everything's probably meaningless anyway. He loses his wife uh, over the course of the book, spoiler alert, um, but he still perseveres regardless. Uh, and I think as Jin was saying, um, he's probably quite closely aligned to the mindset of, uh, Albert Camus himself. 
the second person uh, is Father Panelux, who, as I said before, believes that everything is happening because God. Um, there's no question. There's no point in questioning um, why all these terrible things are happening uh, or why you've lost people close to you. It's God's will. It's God's plan, and that's all there is to say about it. There's Jean Taru, who is the uh, well. I guess you could describe him as a nihilist, possibly, and a Nazi. Uh, criminal who does very well out of exploiting um, the panic um, engendered by the plague and creating his own black market and smuggling things in. He sees no... He doesn't really see even the uh, point in living, which is why he starts the uh, novel, trying to kill himself, but gets rich. But it still doesn't give his life any more meaning or sense. And by the end of the book, he goes mad and is arrested. And then there is Joseph, or not, sorry, not Joseph Grant, my my mistake. Then there is my favorite character in the whole book. Uh, if he's your favorite, wouldn't you know his name off my heart? It's all French, so it's like hard for me to remember stuff. I'm so sorry that I'm not brain good like you, Aaron. He clearly you know remembers you, everything. You've been doing this podcast a long time, and I think you're burnt out. Maybe you should have a little rest for a I while. I don't need... I don't need that. Sorry. Shin, I, you're overtired. <laughs> I suggest you take a rest. I, I, I'm, I am tired because I've mixed up two characters. I apologise... I apologise profusely for this. Jean Theroux, who I've been referring to as the criminal mastermind, is not the character I should have been talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that character was is called Kotar. <laughs> And I wish to like, uh, I want you, if you're listening to this and you've got to this point and you've been screaming at the podcast saying, <laughs> For your A-level revision, yeah. no less. You know, no, no, you're wrong, you idiot, you idiot, you're getting the book wrong, I hate you, I hate you. I wish to apologise now and say, yes, I made a mistake. Qatar is the the criminal. Jean Taru is my favourite character in the book. Because you can't be seen to like a criminal. Yeah, that. no, exactly. Exactly. I, I, I like Jean Taru. I like Jean Taru. He's my favourite character in the book, which is why I confused him with somebody else. But he is my favourite character in the book. He is uh, a man who believes that uh, he people should do the right things and believes in a higher... There's only one principle by which we can live our lives on this world, uh, and that is morality. Um, he's a good guy. He wants to help as many people as possible. He has fought for all sorts of uh, good causes, including um, the uh, uh, Spanish Civil War. He fought on the Republican side of the Spanish Civil War. Um, he opposed death penalty. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Quite a hack choice of favorite character. <laughs> My favorite character is Superman, because he is nice and the best. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Did I mean Superman? I meant Lex Luthor. I'm always getting those two confused. Um... Yeah, he's my favourite character. No, no, Jean Taru, my favourite character, even though I forgot his name. Um, he's great. He's a good guy. I, I don't know what... So, if I'm if that, if that liking good guys means I'm a basic biatch, then I'm a basic biatch. Sorry. What are you going to do about it? Jinji, my clone. We've established that you're my clone, Jin, so let's uh, not go back to those silly little games. Okay, okay. You know what? You've overstepped the line, and I think you owe me an apology. <laughs> wait, wait what are you doing oh just a little thing I prepared a little place where we can make amends called apology pit of despair <laughs> apologies 
I'm sinned and I want to make amends. Do you get Morrissey to sing that? Yes, he and I are great buds. <laughs> I mean, there's a guy who like should apologize if you uh, ask me, Mike. Uh, I'd love family. to, but his own songs don't work against him. <laughs> That's, it's true. He's never said, I'm sorry, in a song, ever. I don't think. Has he? Yes, he has. In Swedehead. Okay. <laughs> say the so, chorus sorry. is, I'm so sorry. For what, though? What was he apologizing for? Calling Chinese people subhumans? I think it was he was sorry that it was a good lay. <laughs> It's classic Morrissey, isn't it? Classic Morrissey. It's like, it's like, I'm sorry you were offended. Do you remember when he brought out the song People Are The Same Everywhere to try and make people think he wasn't a racist? <laughs> but he kept on saying things that were really increasingly racist. <laughs> and it wasn't a hit song. <laughs> what, what, uh, give me an example. I've never heard this song, People Are All The Same. Is he saying, like, um, people are all the same and some of them even look the same? Yeah. <laughs> Is that one of the lyrics? <laughs> I think I because initially I read it as people are the same everywhere. Where I think actually he meant is people are all the same everywhere. Like <laughs> they're all over the place. Uh, the B side for that um, was uh, Ching Chong time. Um, yes, uh, thank you very much for that. Apo- you want me to apologize? I like to apologize. I would like to apologize wholeheartedly for mixing up the characters names i'm so sorry i I, that's really unprofessional and unbecoming of a book expert and book lover like myself um i will have to get the names tattooed on my chest so that i never make this mistake ever again Can i also point out that you've been pronouncing the x in panaloo it's supposed to be silent so it's like it's like harren wait have i (laughs) Have I said Panalux? Yeah. Have I been saying Panalux? Yeah, you've been saying Panalux. Whoa. Panalux make my television. <laughs> yeah. Pro- oh, his name is Professor Panalux. No, it's Father Panalux. Sorry, <laughs> it's Father Panalu. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, I apologize for that. Look, I... Look, not to ruin everybody's idealized vision of who I am, but I'm not French. Chinty, you know, might have like giving you the idea that I'm some sort of like foreigner but I'm not I'm English as fish and chips and as a result I'm terrible at French pronunciation I call it I don't call it Madame Tussaud I call it Madame Knifey Hands that's just just the way I do that's just the way I do Um, but like I apologise in advance of any French listeners that we may have for mangling the French language. I'm just very bad at it. My mouth is uncooperative. Uh, so if you have any problems with the way that... If you've been screaming at your podcast machine, uh, like... At the, podcastatron. <laughs> the podcastatron. The podcastatron. It's just... four foot tall and goes in the corner of the living room. <laughs> All you... the family gather around. It's got a sheet of paper with a dot matrix in it mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you insert in to play the podcast. Exactly. If you are in your office right now with your headphones on, <laughs> screaming at your podcast machine whilst you're trying to work, frustrated at my inability to pronounce French words and remember the names of the characters in this book, might I remind you that one thing, this is a hard job. It's a hard job. i got to keep so many things in my head at any given time. And um, Have you noticed that people who say they have a hard job Almost always have the easiest job in the world. <laughs> have you ever had a surgeon say it's such so hard to be a surgeon? No, I've never heard that. But then I don't. I don't know think many I've met a surgeon. I don't either have I. I mean, that's my life t- is so. The barriers are so. 
intense. Which is true. I feel that as well sometimes, you know? You know what? I'm going to become a surgeon. What? <laughs> and then I think, I'll, I mean, I imagine I'll meet them at work. Well, okay, fair enough. I mean, go Godspeed, kind of my. Uh, I mean, this is quite interesting coming from a man who cloned himself, but still doesn't know what, <laughs> has never spoken to a surgeon, but... um. How I cloned you... myself. Let's get that. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> potato, potato. Mm. Harren, you used to have a medical background. Uh, I was a tree surgeon, yeah. Uh, um, okay, okay. What well, you feel an affinity with uh, the doctor in this uh, uh, book? Yeah, I mean, if I was in quarantine, I would just, you know, I, I kind of lack creativity. I'm one of those people that are like, oh, I might as well go to work. Like, if I won the lottery, I would still go to work. Even though you're in quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> so if you won the lottery or if you're in quarantine, your first po- thought would be, I'm just going to go to work. Yeah. Um, for everything. Because you know, you know those old people who are like, oh, if I won the lottery, I'll still go to work. Yeah. And, yeah. That's because they're trying not to die. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's almost as if it, like the, these, the, the type of people who the minute they retire, they just wither away to nothing because mm. um, work was the only thing that gave their life any sort of like um, anima really. exactly yeah um, so so you... I think yeah Ryu is kind of Ryu from Street Fighter <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's my favourite <laughs> yeah, well, I mean I was saying he goes around instead of lancing the, the boil he goes yeah. Hadouk <laughs> and then <laughs> they burst yeah, I was um, I was a bit taken aback for his uh, unorthodox treat- treatment of white people. So, what seems to be the problem? I think I got people when they played. Ah, I see it. Because <laughs> he, he also kills that that plague, um, E. Blanca, related to Ebola. Do you remember the scene where Ryu talks to the plague and says, "We're driving you out, just as a bunch of peasant farmers have gotten rid of you," and the plague says. For you, the day the plague entered your village was the most important day of your life. For me, it was Tuesday. I love that scene. I love that scene as well. Uh, very, very interesting uh, choice to give the plague a voice and um, have quippy uh, one He gives a voice to the plague, gives a voice to not the plague? to any women or Arabs. <laughs> That's a very good point. There's no female characters in this book. This is actually... I think there is. It's the mum. Uh, the doctor's mum comes to stay. Oh, Mummy, Mummery. <laughs> yeah, Mummery. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. And, and he stays at her house. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. have you read the original manuscript of The Stranger? No. Mother died today, like all bitches died. <laughs> <laughs> that was the original print of The uh, the Stranger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, and his publisher went back to, how about we just drop the like all bitches died <laughs> and replace it with, or maybe yesterday. <laughs> No, he actually got interrupted. He was like, what's your favourite Beatles song? <laughs> then he goes, oh, Mama died today. <laughs> yeah. That is not a Beatles song. Oh, but maybe yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, that's good. That's good. Okay, okay. I think I think we had a very, very fruitful conversation about uh, the plague. Um, I, I, I can't help but feel that all this talk of Nazis, fascism, and um, deadly diseases is kind of very pertinent to our current situation uh, we find ourselves in um, and I guess if you were going to glean any lessons if there are any lessons to be gleaned from this book what would you say is the number one lesson you glean from the plague mine is, is, is uh, to panic by toilet paper and sanitizer I remember and then, that scene yeah, yeah and then um, sell it on at a higher 
surprised. That scene where Dr. Bernard Liu is like going, Hadouken! Give me all your toilet paper. Exactly. And nobody wants to mess with him because he's firing fireballs out of his hands. And they're like, this has broken the reality of the world that we were in. But I guess, whatever, take all the toilet paper. Exactly, yeah. No, I think the plague is actually a metaphor for uh, government regulation of a free market economy and big government. And I hate it. That's why Mercutio says, um, oh, a plague on both your houses. That, oh. What, oh, that's a tax on having multiple houses. Fuck you. I'm allowed to have one house in the country, leave it vacant, and a house in the city. Yeah, I didn't realise what a libertarian <laughs> Shakespeare was, but uh, apparently... Well, I mean, the, the guy the guy who profits from this is the... You know, the criminal. Yeah, but I, th- I think he, he is what we should be like. It's so like you think whole... we should all be like Cotard? Yeah. Not... Jean Taru, who is clearly the good guy, um, but Cotard, yeah. the criminal who goes mad and shoots people at the uh, yeah exactly. at the end. So that's how that's your lesson. You're going to end this situation. There's a gap uh, in the market. Entrepreneur, which is a French word. Um, that's true. That's true. You need to yeah grasp it. Get on there. Be ruthless. I mean, nice guys. Who was a nice guy? Um, Cotard was nice. Or that uh, Taru was nice. Taru was nice. Yeah. Don't make the mistake I did. Okay, and. Nice guys finish last, as uh, Jinji will attest to on Reddit forward slash itself. <laughs> no, I thought it was more like nice guys finish early. All right. Um, but, uh, no, no, okay, fair enough. So your, so your approach to the oncoming coronavirus apocalypse is to be like Cotard. Yeah, be, be shrewd. Be shrewd. Buy toilet buy paper. Stuff, yeah, buy toilet paper, hand sanitizer, that kind of stuff, yeah. Okay, interesting, interesting. Uh, Jinji, uh, what was the lesson that you gleaned from the plague? I've never, never seen this item in faking lit before. No, but no. I'm happy to grab it with both hands because I'm that kind of guy. You know, we we like to we like to king things up every now and then on faking lit. You'd understand that if you weren't just a carbon copy of me, right? and uh, you lack imagination. That's why I say you're an incomplete clone of me because you lack the spark that is within the original Jinji, which I have. You know, it's like the ship of Theseus. <laughs> like, kind of, are you actually Chinzi? No. Oh, don't cry, don't cry. I know well, you certainly clone. showed me uh, the tears oh, of a just... clone. Am I right? Am I right? No, oh, that's good. I, no, sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make. I'll just go back to my flat, the one that was the top of my building before you came and put your basement on it. What? Wait, hold on a second. Are you just? You've been living on top of my basement, on top of my roof. I've been living in the flat beneath you. Oh, what? That's how I know the podcast. I can hear it through the ceiling. Oh, my God. You've been living secretly in my basement on top of my roof in the bottom of my house all this time without me knowing? Well, you always seemed like such a good guy, Chin. You fed me. You watered me. I don't remember any of this. I snuck in. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Chin, gee, I, I don't know what to say, except... I need you to move out immediately. This is unacceptable. I mean, you haven't even been paying me rent or anything. Like, this is terrible. This is terrible. I'm sorry. You you, you need to leave as soon as you've given me your thoughts on um, The Plague by Albert Camus. I will now begin my lessons <laughs> the plague of The Plague by Albert Camus in the style of Jacob Rees-Mogg, legendary filibusterer. <laughs> it may take some time. Ha ha ha. I joke. <laughs> The lesson I learned from the plague was, like the hero, the doctor, if something incredible happens that changes society, just do whatever the fuck you were doing anyway. Wow, okay. Just carry on. Keep just calm. carry on. Keep calm, carry on. 
Um. I don't know if he was calm before. He was. He was kind of angry, yeah. <laughs> grumpy. Grumpy. And continue to be grumpy. Keep grumpy. From Maximum Rumpy Pump. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you were able to bring it into a rhyme because, like, as we all know, if it rhymes, then it's true. Like, uh, well, okay. I, I mean, my personal um, take from the uh, plague is that Nazis are bad. Um, and you never know who they are. So suspect everyone of being a Nazi at all times. Okay? I mean, it, you could be Nazis. I could be a Nazi. Well, I, I'm not. I'm not ruling myself out of that. I'm not ruling myself out of the conversation. Well, logically, if Jinji is a Nazi because you, you're clones, shouldn't yeah, you but be he's a Nazi like, as well? like we've established that he's an imperfect clone. Okay. Yeah, so, like, when when did we establish that I was a Nazi? I don't remember saying that I was a Nazi. Um, no, we haven't established. I think the, the the ultimately the struggle of life is to establish that you may never know if you're a Nazi or not. Struggle. The struggle. Camp. Your your struggle. <laughs> Our struggle. Yeah. Our struggle. Not just mine. Uh, I'm a socialist, uh, like a national socialist, if you will. Um, but no, 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 no. Look, we must fight them all the time. Okay. If you have a Nazi in your head, that was the first draft of Churchill's speech. We must fight them all the time. We will fight them, and then that was it. It was very brief. They said brevity is the soul of wit, Winston. But we've got airtime to fill. He was like, we must fight them on the beaches all the time, in the air, uh, above that cupboard, uh, on the table, uh, uh, stretch it out, stretch it out, stretch it out. It's uh, like how when you read philosophy papers, like Camus would write, mm-hmm, on, yeah, on topic. On topic, on topic. They almost always use examples of the table, because they write on a table, and they can't be bothered to think of anything else. <laughs> I'm just they just grab at things that are in the room, you know. Like it's 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 but it's it works. It works. It's memorable. Like they just uh, grab at things in the room. They grab so for example, the they'll room. say things like, How do we know that this naive grad student is real? <laughs> That's that that was very specific, but also universal in many ways. Uh um I guess I need to get everybody's thoughts of what they think about this book. Um and could you improve this book? I, uh, I I said that like we trying to break out formula, but this is always going to be one of my favorite parts of the show. It's a section of the show we call notes. Have a little think about what you're going to say. The Plague by Albert Camus. What a, a crazy ride it's been. Crazy ride. It's a very jazzy song to help you decompress after all that book talk. Let your mind wander. Connect things. Hey, you don't let me tell you what to do. Notes, everybody. Let's go in an anti-clockwise fashion. Haran, what did you think about this book? Yeah, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I like the capitalist entrepreneurship lesson that we learned from it. Um, and as a proper capitalist, I would have uh, increased the efficiency. I think Taru was talking about making the... Um, prisoners who are condemned to death anyway yeah. making them clean up all the dead people and corpses and yeah. bury them kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I would have had that with prisoners in there I also think I would have had more women characters with more prominent roles and by virtue of those two things I would have called this 
Oran is the new black death. That's that's not bad. That's not bad. No, no, I quite like that. I quite like that. Uh, again, um, reflecting the changes in the book through the title of the book. Uh, that I, I I read a book called Oran is the New Black because I would be going, what the fuck are these words? Why you pick up any group that begins with Oran. <laughs> yeah, so Oran. What the fuck? Like I, I recognize those words, but that sentence doesn't make any sense. Um, or, or is it a typo? I don't know. Is the is the word death in brackets? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. 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 But, I mean, the, the the town is Oran, right? That's, yes. Yeah, no. Okay, I, okay, okay. I get that because <laughs> okay. I've read the book. I understand the. Co- the no, he's like, it's not, it's not like a proper word. That's yeah. what I say. That's what I say. No, no, no. no. But, but Liverpool is not a proper word. Re- yeah, I guess so. But for a person who hasn't read the book, doesn't know what's going on, it's like the first thing you see is like, hmm, what a strange sentence. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm not going crazy. Thank you very much. So you like the book then, Haran? Yeah, I thought, I thought it was a good book, yeah. More like, Haran is the new black death. Am I right? Am I right? Yeah. I did, yeah. I did what you did. I did what you did. We're having fun. Thank you very much, Haran. Um, Jinji, did you like this book? If it, Would you have improved it? Yes, I like this book quite a lot. Mm. What I would have liked is to have a closer parallel between the plague... And the Nazis. So at one point it should okay. zoom in. And we can see the face of the little plague bugs. And one looks like Goebbels. Oh, okay. One looks like Eichmann. So we zoom in and see their faces, even though it's a book. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, have you read Making History by Stephen Fry? I haven't. No, I haven't. At one point in that, Stephen Fry gets bored. I just writes it like a, like a movie script. Okay. All right. And he just says, and this is what's happening, because I can't be bothered prose anymore. Pretty much, yeah. Stephen Fry's had a remarkably easy life. <laughs> just so, ah, uh, I'm just going to write a movie script. I've got bored. That's good, though. Okay, so you your note is to change the book into a movie script where you describe, like, all Don't, the... we must not make the movie. Uh, that okay. is essential. Okay, we can't make the movie. But, but a movie script. A movie script which describes all the molecules of plague looking like the various uh, senior members of the Nazi party uh, and complete with dialogue and just like, just for that one section though, just to make it really clear that the plague is the Nazis. Absolutely. Right on the money. Make I it hyper you. clear. I get you. I and get will, you. The, will the plague go to like Latin America after it's finished? In Oran. Perhaps in The Plague 2, we could have a sequel in which they try and clone the plague. (laughs) The plague in Brazil. Wow. I mean, speaking from personal experience, I mean, like, uh, as a clone, um, how do you feel about the idea of, like, uh, Nazi cloning, Nazi clones of Hitler? That seems um, redundant (laughs) if it's a Nazi clone of Hitler, uh, but you get what I'm saying. I'm. I think. As few Hitlers as possible is the ideal situation. I'm, I'm inclined to agree. I'm inclined to agree. Uh, one is enough. Thank you very much. Do you think it would be eth- if we cloned Hitler? Do, would it be ethical to punish him for the crimes of Hitler? Oh, that's a good question. Um, it, Rip a stick. With a, may, maybe, maybe just like clone the Hitler, but not necessarily punish him. Just make them, you know, give them like give them jobs of serving like uh, the various families that um, he caused so much suffering to. That's 
That's going to be a, a very long hour <laughs> of that job. Yeah, yeah. It's like reparations. 11 million families. Yeah, 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 yeah. Reparations. It's like reparations in the form of a Hitler coin. Here you it go. would be quite hard for Hitler to hold down a job because he Hitler. still has the face of Hitler. It's true, it's true. And also his CV would be not great, right? Looking at what, I so have what experience running yeah, a failed, large failed organization. Artist. Yeah, I don't think that would... Flunked out of art school, that's not really yeah. good, is it? Yeah. Would, he, would, he keep the, would you force him to keep the moustache as well? You couldn't deviate from the way you look. You can't have any sort of like... You can't change your hairstyle because we got to know that you're Hitler, so... I, I think I could recognize Hitler if he changed his hairstyle. Or shaved off his mustache. He's yeah, still... he's a very famous face. I don't know if I could. I think I, I'm, I'm more, I'm so, in my mind, like the, the mustache and the hairstyle is so there that if he changed one thing there, I'd be like, who's that dude? But did you recognize David Bowie without the lightning bolt? Yes, but that's because he was always under a sign that said David Bowie on the album. I assert the following. Okay. The lightning bolt is to Bowie as the moustache is to Hitler. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, so you liked The Plague, Albert Camus. <laughs> I liked the book, The Plague. You made <laughs> yeah. me sound like I was on the side of The Plague. Okay, yeah, that did sound ambiguous. I, I, I agree, I agree. You liked the novel, The Plague. I liked the, the Plague. I thought it was novel. I think yeah, more about the Nazis and also, as always, maps. Maps at the beginning of the book, yeah. as always. First time guest on the show. No, every time I read Jinji. a book. I okay, okay. All right, I see, I see, I see. I thought you were referring to something that you said before on the show, but um, I've never been on. You've the never show been before. on the show. You, you, you weren't. You didn't exist. Sometimes I crouch in the corner. Yeah, no, it's, you, yeah, that's true. You were living underneath the floorboards. I'm still not clear on how we actually got this whole clone situation done, and I was unaware of you living below the basement. But you know what? Questions for another time. Um, we don't have time to really dig into that. Um, I want to say uh, that The Plague by Albert Camus. Oh my God, this is a timely book. And it just keeps getting better and better with each year that goes by. I would say it's more relevant now in the year 2020 than it was in the year 1947. Uh, why? Not sure, really. Um, maybe it's because we're going through a similarly fractious time um, where we're seeing the rise of fascists and a uh, deadly disease concurrently it's almost like we don't even need the allegory because it's right there in front of our face um i would say the plague albert camus go out there run don't walk oh actually no stay indoors stay indoors order it online run <laughs> rifle your hands through every copy of buy the as many copies of albert camus plague as possible because spit it you can possibly use it as toilet paper don't Buy a toilet paper, <laughs> buy copies of this book. Get all the copies as possible. Hoard them. Hoard them and stay inside your house with your copies of The Plague by Albert Camus, um, whose lessons can be very instructive to this day. Um, it gives me a lot of pleasure to induct Albert Camus' The Plague to the Hall of Fame. Uh, that song is such a tonic. Um, I was going to leave off today by playing a little game with both of you. That's not, don't worry, it's not Nazi or Nazi. <laughs> that was not planned. But this was planned. Um, so bear with me a second whilst I call it up. It's a game I like to call Real Fake Disease. Um, as mm. you know, that uh, pop culture and literature is filled with all sorts of um, 
made up diseases. Um, I'm going to list some diseases here, and I want you to tell me whether you think these diseases are real or fictitious. Let's start with an easy one. Uh, Captain Trips. Do we take it in turns? How does the, what are the rules of this? Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I guess um, we can take it in terms. Uh, terms. Uh, Aaron, Captain Trips. Real or fictitious? Sounds fictitious to me. It's fictitious. Yes, yes it was the uh, superbug in Stephen King's The Stand. Wait, it, why does it have the name of a man? <laughs> oh, because uh, Captain Trips is the nickname for Jerry Garcia of the Grateful Dead, who used to tour all over the place. And they called, him Cap- they called the disease Captain Trips because it toured all over the place. <laughs> is that why there's that disease called your mom? <laughs> That seems unnecessary. <laughs> really unnecessary. That's like a double insult because one, you're saying that my mum gets around and also she's disease. I mean, that's, that's just unnecessary. Sorry. Unnecessary. Not a bad burn, but uh, mean, mean. Um, okay. Gingy. Try this one out for size. Pika. How are you spelling that? P-I-C-A. Okay. At first, I thought fictional because I thought you were going to make a joke about it's making you sneeze and Pika chew. Mm-hmm. But you have spelt it differently, so mm. I'm going to go with. And also, I think you have the kind of clumsy mind that gives you <laughs> one fake, one real, over and over, and so on. So I'm going to go real. It is a real. <laughs> wow! Well, what a what a horrible way to to, to defame my brain. <laughs> Um, but it is a real disorder. Pika. Uh, it's from the Latin, it's a Latin name. Um, it's the Latin word for the magpie. Um, the magpie itself will eat anything and so will suffer of Pika syndrome. Um, it is a compulsion to eat, uh, things that should not be edible. And it's a, it's a mental illness, you're saying? Yes. Not a, uh, it's a disease. It's a, it's an yes. illness. That's perfectly fine. I misunderstood. I was under the impression that these were viral phenomena. I mean... Yeah, eat, eating Tide Pods, that, that was a viral phenomenon. That's an inedible thing. And deadly. <laughs> exactly. Pretty deadly, pretty deadly. Okay, fine, fine. Right. I, it's, a, it's an illness, it's a pathology, okay? I real submit fake, to the rules of the game. Uh, right, I'm going to change the name of the game now. Mid-game. Real fake pathologies, okay? Is that all right? I, I'm sorry. Are they all pathologies? <laughs> I, I, I am sorry. I am very sorry. I did not mean to mislead uh, the players of this game. I guess in hindsight, I could have explained it a bit better. I thought we were all on the same page. But it was, yes, I agree. It was kind of misleading. Okay. But now we're all on the same page, right? We're all on the same page. Uh, Haran, this one's for you. Uh, Mobius syndrome. Now... Given that um, Gingy's like kind of old, like your this, feeble brain, I feel like you're trying. To, you're not really I think you're a hack. I think, I think you're a hack, and then you're gonna go real again. <laughs> Just, so I think it's real. Mobius. But I think on the third round he will switch it up. <laughs> uh, Mobius syndrome. I think is real. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> you're right. Okay. Cool. Way to game the system. Like, isn't that what you try to ask out Natalie Portman? This is Rain Man in the casino. You're not counting cards here. You just play a fucking game. We're going to leave here with stacks of books so, under our arms. Well, what is Mobius Syndrome? Is it where you harass Natalie Portman? or? 
What is this illness? It is a uh, rare genetic uh, disorder characterized by complete facial paralysis. Sufferers cannot close their eyes, look from side to side, or form facial expressions. So, there we go. That sounds awful. Can uh, they move their mouths? Um, I think so. Just about. Not very well. So, um, like they say, cannot close their eyes, look from side to side, or form facial expressions. That's it. They can probably speak. Family members often learn to recognize body language, posture, and vocal tone as communicators of emotion and sometimes claim they forget the person has facial paralysis altogether. So, not not all bad. Not all bad. Just Gingy. not a very close family. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I, 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 picking up on like, um, visual cues. Um, that's how it works, though. That's how communication works. Jinji, um, laughing death, real or fake? Ooh. Because apart from gaming the system of your <laughs> Neanderthal might, I'm also thinking, well, do I recognize that term? Mm. However, recognize and recognizing from the news or books mm. are different faculties of the mind. Right. What was the last one? Real. Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. So we've had fake, real, real. It might be the... But no, that's an addiction. Never mind. It would fake. Real. I'll go fake. Okay. It's real. Oh! It's real. Laughing death is more no- commonly known as Kuru and was exclusive to the tribal foray people of New Guinea. The disease, which was characterized by sudden bursts of maniacal laughter, hit the headlines in the 1950s and drew in doctors from around the world. Uh, oh, I've, I've seen quite a lot of those people in the audiences of Johnny Gillen's stand-up comedy. <laughs> Did they die as well? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Um, yes. Um, it's actually um, similar. A laughing death is similar to uh, Kreutzfeldt-Jakob disease. Um, it was uh, being passed on through the cu- village custom of eating family members after death. So very nice. Very, very nice indeed. Um, let's go for one last one, Haran. Uh, uh, Collins syndrome. <laughs> Real or fake? I, th- I think it's double bluff. It's, it sounds generic enough to be real, so therefore it must be fake. It's fake. Yeah. It's taken from The Legend of Deathwalker by David Gemmell. Uh, a mutating disease that often starts with pain and sensitivity in the victim's nipples, then forms a temporary tumour in the brain as it feeds upon the genetic material of the brain cells, sapping away the victim's critical thinking skills and intelligence. Once it reaches its critical density, the tumour disbands into the bloodstream, the virus going into a form of hibernation, leaving its victim in a state of near-absolute uselessness. I think you should get yourself <laughs> checked up for that. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. But didn't say anything about, like, uh, ability to just about r- run a game on a fucking podcast. <laughs> Which I think I've done admirably. Yeah, I've done admirably. Well done, both of you. That was a near-perfect score. But Haran is the winner of today's game of real fake pathologies. Uh, the, the game show in which I barely understand how to do it myself. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, affirmations. Does anybody have anything they want to share with the world and promote? I'd like to plug Chin Chi. Oh. <laughs> Man who lives in the top floor where I once did. And who has a lovely life. Oh, Respect! 
Oh, thank you. Thank you, Gingy. I... Ooh. Ugh. That's a... You should have a shower, I think, Gingy. Um, not here, though. Like I said, I need you out of the uh, place by the end of this recording. Can we get a funnel and a hose and put it over... Lead it through the balcony. I can shower in the street. Yep. That's fine by me. Works for me. Uh, I'll do that. Thank you so much, Gingy. Um, please leave. Um, Aaron, any affirmations? Uh, yeah, I just like to plug my Etsy store, selling face masks, toilet paper, and copies of Albert Camus' The Plague. <laughs> okay. Well, you heard of it. What's the What's the website? Um, what um, you What you uh, What's oh, the actual uh, address? It's um, sixty nine four twenty. <laughs> the Plague. <laughs> dot. Cock. You sound like a hacker. <laughs> you sound like a hacker. Well, it's not for twenty. The plague. <laughs> dot cock. It's because I don't want people to. Act. Well, I kind of do, but I don't. Yeah. It's like um, like Aphex Twin used to name his like analog sixty nine seven. Yeah. Because yeah. he didn't want people to illegally download it. Right. But then actually, that conversely stimulated a lot of interest. Yeah. So that's the same. Okay. So, All right. He didn't want people to download the stuff that he uploaded to the internet. Yeah, I don't want people to download oh, toilet, toilet paper I, illegally. Yeah, you, wouldn't, you, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't steal a, a toilet paper, would you? Exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. We get the bit. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining me today. Um, there's nothing left for me to say except um, stay safe out there, everybody. Wash your hands. Don't try not to cough on each other. Don't sneeze on each other. Be good to one another. Oh, I- and for God's sake, stop buying everything stop buying stuff leave some for the rest of us we want toilet paper too you know anyway i would just like to say oh. um, happy international women's day and uh, <laughs> as, you, as you can tell this podcast is very germane to you that cause what? you know what they could have gone their whole lives without realizing <laughs> that this is what we've chosen to do on international women's day but thank you Aaron. <laughs> thanks for bringing that up Stay safe out there ladies we love you'd, rather, you. you'd rather clone yourself than get a woman for <laughs> on like <laughs> Look, I didn't say I cloned myself properly. I, look, I didn't think this through, okay? I didn't think this through. All right, leave. leave. You both can go to the hell world out there filled with viruses, and I'll just stay here by myself, okay? okay. I, 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 I'll keep all the toilet paper for myself, and you'll go, oh, no, we should have been nice to Jim and enjoy this game. But no, you had your chance. Now leave. Leave. Both of you, leave. You're Bye. like Yertle the turtle. Ta-ta. Ta-ta. Anyway... Thank you very much for listening to this episode today. I hope you are well. Happy International Women's Day. <laughs> and um, keep supporting your local bookstores and libraries. Uh, my name's Chinti. Bye-bye. I love you. <laughs>